Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Zoe Church Podcast. We are a community in Los Angeles that is all about the person of Jesus. We're going to jump right into episode or installment, part two of a series that we're in right now called 242, based out of Acts 242. It says, and they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the breaking of bread, to fellowship, and to prayer. We're going to study that scripture together for a few weeks. Again, thank you to everyone that gives and partners with us. If you'd like to give, you can go to our website or text Zoe to 77977. You can give right there. But come on, let's jump in to part two of 242. Everybody take out your Bible. Go to Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12. Go to verse number two. We began a brand new series last Sunday. If you missed it, you can catch up online. We started a brand new series called 242. And I'm excited about this series because it's really just us studying one scripture in the Bible. But I believe this one scripture has so much truth that if we apply this scripture, it will change your life. Acts 2.42 is the scripture that we have landed on. Acts 2.42, it's going to come on the screen. But watch what the Bible teaches us. I'm going to read the scripture and then explain to you what has transpired before this verse. It says in Acts 2.42, and they, talked about this last Sunday, you got to find your they. And they devoted themselves, a life that is devoted is single, has solidarity, has focus. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, the breaking of bread, to fellowship and to prayer. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the breaking of bread. Notice that the text mentions nothing about gluten. If you're wondering if Jesus loves gluten, he created it, fam. It's to be enjoyed, not endured. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the breaking of bread, to fellowship, and to prayer. Who is they? If you don't know anything about the Bible, this is good news today. The Bible says in John 3, 16, for God so loved the world, that he gave his one and his only son, that whomsoever shall believe in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. In other words, the only way to get to heaven is not through works, it's through belief. You can only get to heaven through Jesus. God loved us so much, he sent his only son, and Jesus walked this earth for 33 years, perfect, blameless, sinless, never made a mistake, never rooted for the Clippers, never did anything bad. He was a perfect man. Somebody say amen. And Jesus, after 33 years, nobody took his life. He gave his life. And he died a brutal death on the cross. And after his death, the Bible says that the spirit of Jesus, the beautiful third person of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit stopped hovering on the earth, but now lives inside of us. So the Bible teaches us that the Spirit of God comes upon them, uh, upon the they. They're in the upper room. They're singing songs to God. And, and, the, and they get the power of the Holy Ghost. When they go out to start the church, the first guy that preaches is a guy named Peter. Peter preaches Jesus or grace or the gospel, good news, for the first time. And 3,000 people get saved. 
In other words, listen, Jesus is irresistible. You and I are very resistible, but God, when you see him, he is irresistible. Grace is irresistible. When they hear about grace, love, acceptance, forgiveness, mercy, faithfulness, compassion, when they hear about Jesus, they all get saved. And right after getting saved, they, the 3,000, the disciples, and they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, the breaking of bread, to fellowship and to prayer. The breaking of bread. By the way, I said it last Sunday, but probably the most spiritual thing that you could do this week is have a meal with other believers. Get around a table of other people that love God, other people that are trying to live for God, other people that are swimming upstream against culture, other people that are trying to do it God's ways with their money, with their bodies, with their time, with their energy. Get around and just have some tacos in the name of Jesus. Maybe you could do it on Tuesday. Arriba, arriba, andale pues. Don't make me preach in Spanish today. Ayudame. Okay. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the breaking of bread, to fellowship, and to prayer. They, they devoted themselves. They were all about a devoted life. Listen, you don't live a great life until you live a devoted life. You will live your life just so unfulfilled if you are two people trying to serve God. you got to have solidarity. you got to have singularity. I only serve Jesus. Not me, not the world. I serve God. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' Apostles teaching. I want to talk today around what just what would be the apostles teaching, and that is the Bible, the scriptures, the 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 B I B L E. Look at Romans chapter twelve, verse two, because I think it's it's old, like it's 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 cliche. But you know, they used to say in church, if if your Bible's falling apart, you're probably not. I know it's cheesy, but what it's saying is we need the Bible in our life. The Bible will change your life. You ever have, you ever get a book recommendation from somebody? I, I, I stopped reading books a long time ago. I am now an audio book person. Where are the audio people at? And I got so many audio books. It's like a Netflix in my audio book library. It's like Netflix. Which one do I want to listen to? I'm always working through audio books. This last week, Julia was on the phone with somebody and she was FaceTiming with this person, a friend of ours. And, and they, they, they just mentioned this audio book and, and, and this, this lady said, it will change your life. While Julia's on her phone, FaceTiming the friend, I downloaded on my phone the book that she said would change my life. I listened to the first chapter. It ain't going to change nobody's life. It's not that good of a book. Like, I don't know what's wrong with her, but what's right with me, I'm better than that, all right? Canadian tuxedos, all right? I'm good. But this book can change your life. This book will change you. This book, when you read, it's the only book in the history of the world that when you read it, the author themselves comes to sit with you to teach you what has been written. This is the only book that's alive. Like, you got to be careful with this thing because this thing, it, it's alive. It's not dead words, it's alive words. And you need this book, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. Why? Because they had to? No, because they wanted to. They wanted to know God. They wanted to know his ways. They wanted to live for God. They had, they had abandoned and forsook who they used to be, and they were excited about who they were called to be. It wasn't that they had to read the law and had to read the scriptures and had to go to Bible study. They couldn't wait to read, what do you got to say to us today? What do you want to teach us today? How can I learn today? 
Watch here, Romans chapter 12, verse two. I love Paul's writing. He says this, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. The Bible is saying to you, stop conforming and start transforming. So many of us were like, ah, I, 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 wanna, I don't want to be any different. I want to go to church, but I just want to say the same with my money, my morals, my future, my world. No, no, no. God wants to change you from the inside out. And the only way that you can transform is by renewing your mind. When I read the Bible, all of a sudden, my stinking thing. Some of us got to understand, the reason why we're struggling is because you got stinking thinking. And you will never outlive your thought life. You are only as good as your thoughts. And if you think well, you will live well. But many of us, we have self-hatred. Many of us, we have shame and condemnation. Many of us have guilt about what we've done. No, don't conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed. The change that you're looking for. It wasn't a book wreck on an audio book that can change me. Only God can change me. God can change me. He can change my mind. He can change who I am. He can change my confidence. He can heal my insecurity. He can deal with my jealousy. He can heal any inadequacy. I cannot conform. I got to transform. Many of us want to change, but we don't want to read. This book could change your life. And do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renew. And you got to renew your mind. Renew your mind and you renew your heart. Renew your heart, you'll change your life. you got to get a new mindset. That's why the Bible teaches us whatever is pure, whatever is noble, whatever is praiseworthy, meditate on these things. The more I meditate on the God stuff, the more I'm changed. He said, then when you read the Bible and you get your mind renewed, then you will be able to know what God's will is. You can test and approve. I'm in God's will. I'm going God's way. I'm living for God's glory. You'll be able to know his good, pleasing, and perfect will for you. He hear me today. God has a perfect will for your life, but you will never discover it until you open the scriptures. You need the Bible. You need the Bible. The B-I-B-L-E. Yes, that's the book for me. I stand alone on the word of God. The B-I, what an idiot. Do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be trans. A lot of us are like, I want to change. I want to grow. I want to, I want to, I know I'm called to do something. I know that, I know I'm not supposed to live life this way in the gutter and the, in the devastation and the destruction and the trauma. I don't want to deal with these issues. No, no, you don't have to. You don't have to. Many of us were just so caught up conforming that we didn't even give our shot at transforming. You can't change until your mind is renewed. And God gave you this book to renew your mind. So you're like, oh, that's right. That's what God says. That's what God called me to do. I just want to give you a few things to write down today about what the Bible is in your life. Write down number one, it is a light. 
I love this about the Bible. Psalm 119, verse 105. It says, thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. In this dark world in L.A., in this dark world that you're trying to navigate, it's dark out in these streets. It's dark out in culture. It's dark out in the world. It's dark sometimes in your mind. It's dark in your heart. Listen, you need a flashlight called the Word of God. Thy Word is a lamp to my feet. It shows me where not to go, and it shows me where to go. Oh, I love the Bible. The Bible literally says that the path of the righteous shines brighter and brighter. In other words, when I keep reading this book, my path gets brighter and brighter. But when I don't have this book, all of a sudden, I'm trying to navigate. How do I, how do I forgive? How do, how do I handle this? What do I do with my money? The offering's coming up. What do I, I'm just trying to, have you ever tried to find your way through the dark? I just want to acknowledge, thank God that Steve Jobs had the insight to put a flashlight on our phone. Like when I was growing up, I wasn't like, you know what I'm going to need the rest of my life? I'm just going to have to find a way how to get a, a flashlight. I used my flashlight this morning twice. Once back there and once in my own house. Some of us, you're trying to fumble through life in the dark. Thy word is a, a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. And the more I read the Bible, the more my path becomes clear. The more my path becomes right. The more my path becomes God's plan. The more my path becomes, I know the will of God. It's good, pleasing, and perfect will. Some of you are like, man, it's been a, you ever talk to a friend just like, I'm in a dark place. A lot of people, the last couple of years, this has been their phrase. I'm in a dark place. And I have sympathy and compassion for people who deal with dark places. And it wasn't just Steve Jobs that knew you needed a flashlight. God knew that you needed a light. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. And the more I understand God and the more I know who he is, I can follow him and serve him and know him. Nope, I'm not going down there. I'm not going down the path of bitterness. I'm not going down the path of destruction. I'm not going down the path of deviance. I'm not going down the, the path of uh, idolatry. I'm not going down the, I'm going down the path of God's will. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and it's a light unto my path. Right down number two, it's not just a light, it's a mirror. It's a mirror for who you really are. Ain't nothing better than, than standing in front of like a good mirror. Like a good mirror that's gracious to your body. That's why I don't like a, a changing rooms. I think the changing rooms, mirrors are broken. So every time I change in the dressing room, I'm like, it's so snug. It doesn't look right. But I like standing in front of, I like watching, I actually like watching Julia walk in front of a mirror. You ever watch somebody walk in front of a mirror? It's just, I, I love watching people walk in, Julia walks in front of a mirror and she's like. I'm like, woman, what are you doing? <laughs> Some of us, we look in the mirror and we don't like what we see. Because you're looking in the mirror of your sin. 
You look in the mirror of where you're at. You look in the mirror of what you've done. But when I read the Bible, it says who I am in Christ. Listen, you might have made a mistake, but this mirror says you are not a mistake. You might have done some bad things, but my Bible says you're righteous, you are loved, you're approved, you're forgiven, you are called, you are a light, you're a blessing, you're the head, you're more than a conqueror. You are looking in the wrong mirror. Stop looking in the mirror of reality. Stop looking in the mirror of sin. Look at the perfect law of liberty, which sets you free. It's a mirror. And by the way, the mirror works best when you don't just hear the word or read the word. you got to apply the word. Hold on, James, James chapter 1, watch what James says about those that just hear the word. He says, do not fool yourself into thinking that you are a listener when you are anything but. Letting the word go in one ear and out the other, act on what you hear. Those who hear and don't act are like those who glance in the mirror, walk away, and two minutes later have no idea who they are and what they look like. You ever done this? This happens to all of us. We look in the mirror, we're like. You don't leave the mirror like that? <laughs> two minutes later, you come back, you're like, did I, was that good? Was that good? I can't remember. Was that, did I look good? Was that, I just got to check it out again. See, some of us, because we don't apply the word of God and the lamp and his truth, we keep forgetting who we are. And you cannot live a great life until you have a great identity. And the Bible gives you identity. Don't let the, the enemy always attacks your identity. He always gets you to question your identity. Is that who you are? Is that what he said? Oh, so he can <laughs> I, I know you. You know you. Get out of here. If you keep listening to that liar, you're going to succumb and acquiesce to live a life down here. But if you keep looking in the mirror, you're going to say, I know I didn't earn it and I cannot deserve it, but it is by the grace of God that I am who I am. And I can look in this mirror and I go, I didn't earn this love, I didn't deserve this grace, I didn't earn this gifting, I didn't earn this promotion, but thank God that he loved me and he called me. This mirror is so powerful. Put on the screen Hebrews 4.12. It says, this book is alive and active. Sharper than any two-edged sword. It pierces the bone and the marrow. It separates the soul from the spirit. If you keep reading, it says it exposes us for who we really are. In other words, when you look in this mirror, it points out everything that you need to work on. Everything that you, it, it literally says in this verse, it's a discerner of thoughts. So this mirror tells me not just who God says I am, but simultaneously points out where I'm missing it, where I'm wrong, where I need to improve, where I need to transform. This word, the Bible, it is a light, it is a mirror. Write down number three, it is an arrow. Oh, I love this. I don't know about you, but I'm, I'm so into the older I get, the more I'm into directional signage. I mean, I'm into signage. 
the signs that you're in your 40s, you, you're like soups into signage. Like I love signage. Like when I when I like when I, when I go to when I go to the airport and the signage is good, I'm like, man, whoever just designed this airport, like baggage claim, exit, gates, food, restroom, great job. 40s. This is what 40s are like. You appreciate signage. When I go to Disneyland, my kid's like, Mickey. I'm like, signs, arrows. The Bible is an arrow. And it doesn't just point out where you're wrong. The Bible points you to Jesus. It's an arrow that points you straight to the Son of Man. Look at what Jesus says about the scriptures. Look at John 5, 39. You study the scriptures diligently because you think that in them you have eternal life. These are the very scriptures that testify about me. Let me just tell you, Zoe is about Jesus. The Bible is about Jesus. Our songs are about Jesus. Our preaching is about Jesus. Our breaking of bread is about Jesus. Our studying scriptures is about Jesus. Our prayers are about Jesus. It's to him, it's through him, it's for him, it's about him. Anybody love Jesus today? When you read the Bible, don't you read it so you can sound smart and be powerful. Don't you use scriptures as a weapon for your advantage. We read the Bible, all oh, that I might know him. I read the Bible because I want to know Jesus. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. Why? Because they just wanted to know God. What does he think like? What does he want to do? What's his heart? What's his mission? How does he handle conflict? What's he about? I just want to know that guy. I'm telling you, when I first started to read the Bible and, and I moved to L.A. in 1998 and I started working at a church in 1999 and, and I started to read the Bible. This guy taught me in 1999 how to read the Bible. And so I started reading the Bible and I got really into Bible reading and really into like memorizing scripture. And I was just, I was so into the Bible. And this is how you know you're a Bible college nerd. That after lunch on our way to the church to work, me and my other buddy, we would take flashcards and we would challenge each other on scripture memorization. These are Bible college nerds. So one of my, my buddies would be in the car, he'd flashcard, Galatians 2.20. Ooh, I'd be like, ooh, I got that. I have been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I that live, but it's Christ that lives through me. In the life that I now live, I live by faith in the Son of God who gave himself for a ransom for me. Next. Joshua 1, 8, do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it both day and night that you may be careful to preserve all that I've written and then you will be prosperous and find good success. Next. And, and what, I didn't, what I didn't realize at the time, I was memorizing, I was, and I was studying, and because and I, and I, I remember Jesus, I, I thought about this one verse, Jesus said, he said, a good man will store up good things in the treasure of his heart. And an evil man will store up evil things in the treasure of his heart. And then he said, and out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So I, 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 to me, I was putting good stuff in. Because what, what Jesus is saying, he's saying the content you consume becomes the content you create. And, I, and I, I wanted, if I ever had to go to a hospital and pray for you, if I ever had to lay hands on you, I didn't want to go to Google and be like, Siri, scriptures on comfort for hospital people. Good. Mark four sixteen. I wanted to have it. But what, what I didn't realize, I, I learned years later, all those flashcards and all that memorization, 
I, I, I read a verse one time, and Paul was, he was writing about how knowledge puffs up, but love edifies. And, and I realized I was memorizing scripture with the wrong intent. I was wanting these verses to make me feel powerful and make me look important and make me look, look at what I know. Galatians 6, 7, and 8, do not be deceived for God cannot be mocked for whatsoever a man sows that he shall reap. For the man that soweth to the flesh will of the flesh reap corruption and the man that sows to the spirit will of the spirit reap everlasting life, 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 life. I, I didn't realize I was doing all that, so I, I looked important. And, and then one day I realized, oh, my bad. Bible reading is all about Jesus because the Bible is all about Jesus and life is all about Jesus. I'm not asking you to read the Bible so you know some stuff. I'm asking you to read the Bible so you know the one. Because in the Bible, we find Jesus from the Old Testament to the New. And if you find Jesus, he is the solution to your sadness. He is the solution. He is the antidote to your problem. And if you get Jesus, you get everything that you need. It's a light to your path. It's a mirror into who you are. It's an arrow that points you to God. Right down the fourth one. It's a mentor. Oh, I love the Bible is a mentor to us. Because some of you are like, man, I, I wish to God that I had a mentor. I got a friend that had a mentor. By the way, these people that have mentors, have you noticed that you've never met their mentor? It's like an imaginary friend. I don't believe, they're all liars. Yeah, you know, my mentor, I'm sorry, what's their name? Where do they live? Have you met him? It's a catfish. You never met him in person. My mentor, my mentor. You know, I was talking to my mentor. I was talking to Jesus. You know, if you read the Bible, you could receive the divine mentor. It's the only book in the whole world that the author comes and sits down and says, let me show you what I was saying here. Let me teach you what I want you to do here. Let me, let me give you insight. Let me give you revelation. Let me give you knowledge. Let me give you understanding. The Bible says in Psalm 119, if you study these precepts, you'll become smarter than your teacher. I remember in Bible college, I used to walk in the classroom and be like, I'm smarter than y'all because I'm studying the Bible. You gotta learn the Bible. The divine mentor will come and show you if you're wondering how to live a godly life, if you're wondering how to be holy, if you're wondering how to stay married, if you're wondering how to be righteous, if you're wondering how to break addiction, if you're wondering what to do with money, all you need to do is spend time with the divine mentor. Oh, look at, second, look at 2 Timothy 3.16. For all scripture is God-breathed and it's useful, isn't it? It's useful for what? Teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the man or the woman of God may be fully equipped to do every good work. What is the Bible saying? All scripture's from God. The Greek word here is theo, nousos, theo, God, nousos, breath of God. Man did not write this book. God wrote this book. God took over the pen and took over the mind of people and he wrote the Old Testament. He wrote the minor and the major. He wrote the poetry books, the Pentateuch. He wrote first, second, second, first, first, second Kings. He wrote everything all the way, all the way to the New Testament, all the way through Paul, all the way to Revelation. He wrote the Bible. And he wrote the Bible so he can mentor you. He wrote the Bible so he can help you 
to walk in his will. He wrote the Bible. Maybe your life's falling apart because your Bible's so neat and put together. You need a divine mentor. All scripture is God-breathed and it's useful, isn't it? It's useful for what? Teaching, rebuking, correcting. I don't know a person on the planet that's like, you know what I love? I've just soups into this. I love being corrected. Like when my wife corrects me, I'm like, Yep. Yes, babe. But do you know how many times I have read this book and the divine mentor came and went, yeah, no. You're not going to talk like that. You're not going to think like that. You're not going to treat people like that. Teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. My kids, this last week, for the first time, they watch The Karate Kid. First time they ever got introduced to Mr. Miyagi. Wax on. Wax off. I asked him, I said, what did you think? Ted's boring. <laughs> you don't know good films, son. It's the problem with this generation. You wouldn't know a good film if it hit you in the face. You disrespect Daniel's son. Wicked and perverse generation. How much longer must I be with you? problem is is that you have no clue how to be a good husband men all the men you have no clue all the ladies you have no clue how to walk in your calling until you read the bible you start studying proverbs 31 start studying the Bible and reading and the divine mentor starts going I've made you to be bold I've made you to be courageous I've made, I've made you to smile in the midst of adversity I've made you to stand strong when everything's coming against you I've made, oh you think that this is good you ain't seen nothing yet for I know the plans that I have for you declares the Lord plans to prosper you and give you a hope and a future no eye has seen no ear has heard no mind can conceive the things that God has in store for those who love him and are called according to his purposes. You don't know. So I want to introduce you to something that we're going to do as a community called SOAP. Everybody say SOAP. We're going to do this thing and we handed it to you. It's, it's a reading plan. And we're going to, I'm going to invite you this week to do it three times. SOAP. Three times, maybe Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, maybe Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, three times. It's gonna take you about 30 minutes of your day. And you're gonna read this read through. We're all gonna read it together. We're all gonna be reading the same thing every day. So if you have questions, hit somebody up in the community. And we're gonna soak together scripture, observation, application, prayer. So, because you know what? Some of y'all stink. You need soap.
You ever be standing next to somebody who's got too much cologne on? You're like, dang. Aquadagio. Like it's 2001. You ever be around somebody who's got B.O.? How come every time you smell B.O., you, you chase the smell? Like, well, I'm not smart enough to be like, no, that's sin. Some of y'all got stinking thinking it needs soap. Some of y'all not living God's way. You need soap. Some of y'all need to rise to the level God's calling you to go, and you need some soap. Let me give you an example of what it looks like. You're going to read the passages that we all read together, and I want you to choose the Scripture that God speaks to you, the Scripture that stands out, the Scripture that the Holy Spirit says, this one's yours. Grab this one. This is what I want you to work on. It's going to be like this, Matthew 10, 27. What I tell you in the darkness, speak in the light, and what you hear whispered in your ear, proclaim upon the housetops. Observation, write an observation that looks like this. If I'm not hearing him in the darkness, what will I speak in the light? If I'm not hearing him whisper in my ear, what will I proclaim upon the housetops? Apply it to your life. Scripture can be applied personally to your life. Application, here's an example. This scripture reminds me to not only talk to God in prayer, but equally important is to hear him in prayer. Then I want you to write a simple prayer. Dear Jesus, something like this. Dear Jesus, help me to hear you today. I want to be still so that I may hear your marching orders for my day, for my week, for my life. Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. I want you to do it three times this week. In fact, if you'd like, you don't have to, but tag Zoe on your, your story. Let us know that you did your soap this week. Maybe you're an overachiever. You're like, I'm going to do it Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. I don't care what, what I care about. So you stop conforming and you start transforming. What I really care about is getting a light and a lamp in front of your feet. What I really care about is you need a good mirror. What I really care about is the arrow this week that's going to point you to Jesus. What I lastly care about is the divine mentor that will come and sit down and say, I know you didn't have a father. I know you didn't have a parent that was a Christian. I know no one's ever sat with you and walked you through stuff, but I will my, by my spirit come and I'll talk with you and walk with you and out of the rubble, you're going to come out praising and dancing and laughing because of the power of the Bible. Your, your life's not falling apart, but your Bible is in Jesus' name. Come on, stand to your feet. Father, we thank you today.